You don't get it, son. This isn't a mud hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. in broad daylight. I know why you're afraid to go out at night. The Batman. See, Batman has shown Gotham the true colors. Welcome to the Batcave. Oh, that's the Batmobile and the Batcomputer. Who's the new kid? John, this is Batman's son, Damien. Ow! Well, he's obviously not invulnerable. Reminds me of us when we first met. I was nicer. What are you doing here? Aliens are taking over the globe. There is nothing you can do to stop it. It is time. It is time. It is time! It is time! It is time! Come on, farm boy. We gotta go save our dads. Welcome, citizens of Gotham, to the Eternal Night, a podcast dedicated to the world's greatest detective, the Dark Knight of the DC Universe, Batman. I am one of your hosts, along... My name's Philip, as you all know. It's been a while. Uh, it's been like two months, as you all know. I'm alongside here with my heroic co-host, Craig Blaylock. Thank you again for joining us. And as I just said, it has been just a little over two months since we have put out an episode. Craig, how are you, man? I'm here. I'm alive. Thankfully, it's been a, uh, it's been a, it's been a time. Right. Like it's, it's good that we're both alive because we've been through, yeah. uh, we've been through some shit. Yeah. Uh, Craig's been sick. I've been sick. Uh, we've been dealing with work. Uh, as you all know, Craig is an awesome dad. He's got his daughter all the time. So yeah, we've been just kind of dealing with our own stuff in the personal real world. And um, you know, we've been trying to do this episode for like three weeks now. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, but I'm glad to be back. Craig's glad to be back, and we are back in the Bat Cave. Oh man, feels good to be. Thankfully, back. the Bat Cave is waterproof because Missouri was not last week. No, no, it that is was, not. That was insane. And thankfully, the Bat Cave is cool because it has been freaking hot in California. Oh, has it, dude? It's been like a hundred. It's been pushing triple digits. Oof. Last couple weeks, it's been ugly superbly ugly at going outside and going to work and driving home has just been nothing short of fun <laughs> yeah you bet your ass i'm just blaring that ac that's that's definitely been happening but man there's been there's been some there's been a lot of stuff that's happened in the last two months since we've done an episode hasn't there 
Yeah, and the interesting thing is I feel like our last couple episodes, we were always like, okay, so what are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about? And this time we're like, what can we not talk about? Because there's so much stuff going on. Yeah, you know, we, we, we always like to try and brainstorm what we want to do. I know we kicked around a lot of ideas and then we got busy, so now we're just kind of here playing catch-up a little bit. But, uh, you know, we're now, what, two weeks? Maybe a week and a half after? No, San Diego Comic-Con was last weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a lot of chatter there. Um, you know, Black Adam and Shazam played their trailers, and then Marvel Studios unveiled their entire slate. And, uh, well, the conversation around that's been nothing short of interesting, to put it lightly. <laughs> yeah, the conversation, oh, they only show two movies. But it's funny because, like, a couple days ago, Jason Momoa was like, hey, uh, cats out of their, rather, bats yeah. out of the bag. Like, my buddy Ben Affleck's coming back for Aquaman too. So oh, I can't wait, dude. Like, it's so funny the conversation surrounding Ben Affleck being Batman, not being Batman, coming back as Batman. He's like, you know, I'm not Batman, but then he decides to come back for the Flash, and now he's back for Aquaman too. And um, to kind of touch on that a little bit, because we're kind of popering it up here a little bit. There's going to be a lot of stuff we're going to talk about, but that's really the forefront of it. That was recently the most recent bit of news. Um, a couple days ago, Jason Momoa posted on his Instagram account, posted a picture of him with Ben Affleck and very Bruce Wayne-looking attire, um, and a video of him outside Warner Brothers Studios and a couple people doing a tour. And sure enough, there's a <laughs> there's a, there's a trailer, like not not an actual movie trailer where you watch footage, but like there's a literal trailer with the initials B A and the 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 shooting title for Aquaman Two Necris, and you know Jason Momoa pops his head in, and sure enough, it's Ben Affleck there sitting on his phone. More than likely talking to his now wife, Jennifer Lopez. Uh, now, I guess, would be um, Jennifer Affleck. But yes, Ben Affleck is going to reprise his role as Bruce Wayne slash Batman in Aquaman 2. Yeah, so exciting. I, I can't wait to see him again. As anyone who listens to this show, Craig and I are big, big fans of what Ben Affleck does as Batman. We like his yep. Batman quite a fair bit. We are fans of Batman versus Superman and Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um definitely you know one of my favorite if not my favorite batman in live action probably tied for robert with robert pattinson in that regard so yep. any more of him i will happily take whether it's just him in a you know casual suit or him in the actual bat suit i'm not, I'm not really sure what this cameo will entail or if it's even more like a cameo plus i'm just happy to see him not only just back in the role but also in a healthy place to you know feel comfortable to be in that role again well, and I feel like, I mean, I'm thinking back to the days of, you know, the lead up to Batman v Superman. I feel like you and I, in terms of our group of friends and the people we associated with, I feel like you and I were the only two that were like, guys, this this actually looks pretty badass. He's going to be a pretty awesome Batman. I mean, because I remember the, it was pretty vitriolic when uh, Ben Affleck was first announced to play Batman. But I felt like you and I were really just like, guys, this, I think this is going to be good. I think that's a pretty fair assessment to make because there, to your point, there's been a lot, there was a lot of vitriol when he was cast. And I, I, I would imagine that, you know, it's, it's funny that there was a lot of vitriol when he was cast. And then, you know, post the movie releasing, like people came out saying that he was arguably the best thing about mm -hmm. it. And it's like, well, yeah, no shit. Right. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> it's, it's funny because, you know, a lot of people really 
you know, I think a lot of people had a lot of preconceived notions about what they wanted Batman versus Superman to be. And then, it, you know, you come out of the movie and it's not quite what people might have expected. And, you know, to this day, that that film is still talked about of whether or not it should have made a billion dollars, whether what it should have been, whether Superman should have died at the end, blah, 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 blah. But I think that the one most consistent thing that people will say with high praise is Ben Affleck's performance as Batman in that movie. Yeah. And I mean, the Snyder Cut just further proved it in my opinion oh i i don't think there's any any debate in that regard at all yeah. because it's it's a large step up from the theatrical cut of justice league which was met with just well not nice yeah. things <laughs> just to put, put put that into perspective but yeah no i think the snyder cut is probably the most comic accurate batman you're going to get in terms of batman interacting with other members of the dc universe um i think his turn as batman going from you know the 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 brutal branding vigilante that he was in bvs to the more hopeful optimistic leader trying to put a team together to save the world from an imminent doom is very much in line with who he is more often than not in other adaptations of that character but now to see him not only come back for the flash and now he's going to return for aquaman 2 which you know there were rumors that that michael keaton's batman was going to have some kind of spot in Aquaman 2, but from what I understand, based on certain rumors circulating, that that can no that might not be the case now because Aquaman is now going to release before the Flash film because Warner Brothers did kind of shift their movie release dates. Uh, as everyone knows, Black Adam comes out in October, Shazam moved to December, Aquaman comes out March of next year, and then the Flash comes out June 23rd, 2023. And then Batgirl will also release sometime next year after The Flash because it is on good authority that Michael Keaton will reprise his role as Batman in that as well. So, um, yeah, uh, I'll take more of Ben Affleck as Batman. I'm, I'm honestly not opposed to any other versions of Batman. Obviously, you know, Craig and I also really like The Batman with Robert Pattinson. Um, and I think we're also kind of on the same page with regards to Michael Keaton putting on the cowl again after about 30 years. Yeah. But I, I'm not trying to beat that dead horse, but it's funny because that conversation comes up almost instantly on Twitter all the time. Like, it's so funny to me that, that people will, will just, you know, be like, oh, yeah, Michael Keaton's coming back. It's going to be awesome. And then it's like, you know, some of the same people that are saying that were kind of hesitant to have a 45, 50-year-old Batman and yeah. Ben Affleck. But you'll happily take a 70-year-old man putting on the bat. You know what? Yeah, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> it's just funny to me. It's super funny to me. Well, and hopefully this does mean that Warner Brothers is finally listening, hopefully, that they are kind of maybe moving in a direction to try to get something organized. I mean, I think that's always been the issue, obviously, with this whole DCEU, is just what direction are they taking? What tone do they want to set? And I just feel like, it's been just such a mixed bag over these last one, I would say five, six years between all of these films that have been coming out. And I just hope that this is an indication that maybe these heads of creative are finally starting to maybe get things lined up and try to make some sense of the chaos. Well, that's another thing. They're really still settling within a merger because uh, uh -huh. David Zaslav is now the head of Warner Brothers Discovery. That is the new title moniker brand if you will of what warner brothers is that he heads 
you know, essentially all things Warner Brothers. It was just announced, I think, a couple days ago that Alan Horn will actually be back at WB in a more advisory role. Um, I did read, it was either Variety or The Hollywood Reporter, and they, they interviewed Alan Horn, and basically he, it, I'm, I'm too lazy to pull it up, but paraphrasing here, essentially what Alan Horn had to say was, you know, David Zaslav is a great businessman, but he's never ran a movie studio before, you know, and that that's completely understandable. So if he has not, he's going to need someone to kind of look to, 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 you know, maybe make a final call or look to, to make, you know, an inspired decision by. And I think Alan Horn, who was there, you know, during the Harry Potter franchise, he was there, you know, in the earlier days, you know, between like the Dark Knight franchise with Christopher Nolan in the early days when Zack Snyder was still attached and kind of heading things and doing Man of Steel and then BVS. Um, I think having Alan Horn there in an advisory type of role is, is actually a step in the right direction. But, you know, they have axed a lot of former Warner's execs and people who were in positions of power, like Ann Sarnoff is no longer there. Toby Emmerich will no longer oversee Warner Brothers Pictures. He has been, his role has been taken over by uh, Mike DeLuca and I want to say Pam Abney, Abdi, something like that. Uh, I'm, I'm not 100% on those details at the moment, but from what I understand, a lot of the people who were avidly meddling within certain things all DC are, are no longer going to be there. And it actually does sound like Walter Hamada, who is the current president of DC Films, is probably on his way out, too. Rightfully so, because, well, that dude just didn't seem very fit for the role to begin with. Yeah. I mean, th yeah. This, this this is just my perception of the situation. I'm probably going to sound like a total conspiracy theorist here, but, but whenever I saw Walter Hamada talk about anything DC-related, he was just very quick to throw out the word multiverse, yeah, and just kind of use that as a blanket term to just kind of avoid certain questions in regards to like an overarching story. But at the same time, if you look at the films that they would put out or the films that they are putting out and the, the ideas that they have, it feels very cherry picked from Zack Snyder's storyboards and what he wanted to do. And well, Jeff Johns wrote those storyboards and I have just a very suspicious sneaking feeling that the only thing Walter Hamada is really doing is he's he's kind of a puppet president and he's listening to whatever Jeff Johns is saying. That's kind of my perception of the situation. I could be totally wrong about that, but it seems to me that everything that was supposed to happen after what Zack Snyder wanted to do is now being kind of shifted and pulled forward. Uh, for biggest example, I would probably say is the idea of doing the flash film as a giant multiversal, you know, Barry runs back in time to save his mom. A flashpoint occurs. Yeah. Crazy things happen. That, from my understanding, was supposed to happen after Justice League, two, ju the third Justice League film. In the, in the Snyder Justice League's correct. Right, right, because, yeah. you know, the first film that we that we were going to get in now form is the Snyder Cut, right? And then there were supposed to be two other films after that. Um, the second film would have ended with um, Wonder Woman and Aquaman both dead. Um, Superman would have succumbed to the anti-life equation after Darkseid boom tombs into the Batcave to kill Lois Lane, and uh, Flash and Cyborg and Batman were all part of like a ragtag group of people set in a nightmare timeline where Superman pretty much rules a desolate wastelandish Earth at the behest of Darkseid, and in the third film, the majority, or not the majority, but like I would imagine like the first half of that film would be a nightmarish timeline where it's Batman, Cyborg, Flash, Mara from, you know, if you watch the Snyder Cut, she's at the very end of that, too. Um, mm -hmm. The storyboard showed Death, or Deadshot, but in the Snyder Cut, it's Deathstroke and Deathstroke. the Joker. Yep. So the idea was that they were going to send Barry back in time to have 
to warn Bruce, not of what he warned him in Batman versus Superman, in which he says Lois Lane is the key. Um, per the storyboards, it turns out that the, the child, the, the child of Lois Lane was actually fathered by Bruce Wayne, not Clark Kent. Um, but again, the Snyder oh. cut, the Snyder cut changes that. It is definitive that Superman is in fact the father of the child. That was an idea that was merely, and it's really funny because that idea has sent people in a straight up tizzy fit of like, <laughs> man, Bruce Wayne can't be the dad of Lois Lane's kid. That doesn't make any sense. It's like, you know, that was a thing that happened in comics in the Silver yeah. Age, right? No? All right, whatever. Stay mad. I mean, they even hinted, you think back in the day of the, the 90s show, there was some there was some flirtations between Bruce Wayne and Lois Lane in those shows. I think he even takes her on a date in that Batman-Superman team-up. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. you're right. And then what also happens in Justice League, wait for it, wait for it, Superman and Lois Lane kind of wind up together and Batman and Wonder Woman flirt a lot. Mm -hmm. Huh. Why does that yeah. sound so familiar? Yeah. I wonder why. <laughs> but I, I think that it's funny because the Flash film that was initially proposed way back when, when, when um, it was it Seth Graham Smith and Rick Famuyiwa were, were attached to make it, they wanted to do something a little bit more standalone-ish, very like Barry Allen taking on maybe Captain Cold, a couple other like Flash-centric villains, and now the Flash film, based on everything that's come out about it, there's a Supergirl, Michael Keaton's Batman, General Zod is supposed to come back, and I'm just like, you know... That's cool and all, and this is probably going to be like a, a a stigmatization of what Marvel Studios has kind of done to the superhero genre in of itself. I kind of honestly would have preferred a standalone Flash movie where he's, yeah. you know, taking out Captain Cold or the Verse yeah. Flash or you know, the, the Rogues in general. I don't, I'm I'm not really sure how I feel about a whole Big Bang multiverse story. I don't know. Yeah, I mean we. Wonder Woman got her films. Aquaman's got his. Why does the Flash have to be the multiverse one? I mean, I get it in the sense of the story and the character, but at the same time, why not give him his own film? I think in the sense that if if you look at the perception of things after Batman versus Superman and Justice League from a general audience perspective, and just a a general again the general audience perception of that universe i feel like if they wanted to kind of maybe f not ref necessarily fresh start but get a fresh-ish start with characters that they can still utilize while other actors who don't want to occupy certain roles anymore no longer want to return yeah gives them that kind of opportunity i don't know dude i i i wish i had definitive answers on that but i just don't um i just think that just on a personal preferential level, I would have much preferred to see a, a Flash film that's a little bit more grounded in yeah. the sense that it's it's more catered to him being a hero, not a time-traveling hero. But I digress. Well, especially after after the Snyder Cut, where you get to see more, you know, Flash was a major part of the Snyder Cut. I mean, he he and Cyborg had so much more defined roles in the Snyder Cut and you just you kind of see that potential for Flash to have his own movie with his own self-contained story, and it, it is unfortunate that we're just kind of moving to the whole like, all right, we got to bring in the multiverse, we got to get all these characters to show up and all this stuff, and it's just like, man, come on, just let and, let the Flash have his. And time. you know, the real <laughs> irony there is, is like, you know, the, the the third Justice League film would have ended with Batman dying, and you know. 
a brand new Batman would have been brought in 20 years later, and then the Flash, the second Flash film would have happened, and then that would have essentially given them right to reboot everything. And it's like, mm-hmm. if you guys would have just stayed your course, let the man do what he wanted to do, you would yep. be fine now. But hey, you know, hindsight's 2020. Yeah. I'm going to be very interested to see what the outcome of this Flash movie ends up being. Like, that's probably the one, like, me personally, I'm not very excited about the movie itself but i am very interested like what is this film gonna lead to what is gonna happen after this film you know i'm of two minds about the flash movie because i really like annie muschietti as a director i love the it movies that he did i love it chapter mm-hmm. one and chapter two i think he can handle an ensemble cast very well um but at the same time like you know there's a lot there's a lot of allegations going against Ezra Miller right now and yeah. I, I, as much as I'm of the the camp of let the man, let the person let them let them because gender because uh wow words are hard mm. Ezra Miller uses non-binary terms he identifies as they they identify as they them right so I, I don't want to misspeak there they you know I would like to let them speak for themselves as opposed to just you know pi- like everyone else on the internet majority of people just piling on and being like oh he's a terrible human being they're a terrible human being and it's like mm-hmm. mm, all right sure whatever uh Amber Heard's still an Aquaman too just remember that yeah right <laughs> so yeah <laughs> it's like you know there there are just there's just one thing after the next when it comes to this movie that i feel like no matter what happens to it the gen- and you know general audiences hardly even pay attention to half that crap like yeah. people like you and i do right yeah. and it's 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 going to be very interesting to see the reception of that film and what happens afterwards because notoriously warner brothers pictures is very reactive in regards to you know how a movie performs and what they do after that immediately instead of sticking to a plan and Mm -hmm. shifting after certain movies as like marvel studios has yeah so and it also i'm really really bummed out that cyborg will not be a part of this movie that's one thing i will still beat the drum over because i think it's absolute nonsense that ray fisher was cut out of this film and i also think it's nonsense that he was you know going to be paid from what from what i understand he was he was being offered payment for a cameo but he was supposed to have a sizable role and it's like no that's bullshit you need to give the dude what he's worth that's nonsense right absolutely so the fact that he's not in this movie is still kind of a cloud that hangs over it for me too and that's largely why it is towards the bottom of the list in terms of the dc films that i am anticipating like i'm really looking forward to black adam well actually you know asterisk that because after the shit show that was san diego comic con i'm not really sure that i feel the same way about that because they had both black adam and shazam have panels there and they didn't bother at all having them like face off or interact they just kept it totally separate and i'm just like yo well apparently um i I, i'll have to see if i can find the article but i saw something to the degree of them saying like there's no planned crossover between black adam and shazam and i'm like what what do you mean oh no that that's that's true. I read something similar today from, it was either Collider or IGN. That they, makes they, no sense. Yeah, David Sandberg, who's directing Shazam! Fury of the Gods, was was asked about, you know, is there any potential for a crossover between the two? And he's like, well, at the moment, there's been little to no talk of that. I'm just like, what? Yeah, it makes no sense. <laughs> because I'm, I'm, I'm not a super mega 
Shazam Black Adam fan by any stretch of the imagination. I know the gist of how they got their co their powers. I know they have a lot of season history. I know they're very much arch nemesis. Like I've I've seen the 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 short film or not short, but you know the short that Warner Brothers put out, Superman Shazam yeah. versus Black Adam, right? Yeah. And it's like there's history between these two characters. They are very integral towards one another. And I just think it's asinine to not have them meet yeah. up in any capacity whatsoever. I mean, it's so ironic that, that Warner Brothers gets so much criticism in terms of you guys should try and find a way to find some connectivity or have characters. And it's like these two characters are literally what you can do mm -hmm. and you're not doing it. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, it makes absolutely no sense. I will also say that I find it doubly ironic that Ben Affleck is willing to come back for, for a spot in Aquaman 2, but he didn't want to come back for a little spot in Peacemaker. Just saying. Oh, holy shit, you're right. I didn't even think of that. I just find that kind of funny. Yeah, that is funny. <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty obvious as to why Ray Fisher probably did not or could not come back for that. Yeah. Henry Cavill, again, another like shadow faceless cameo, which was like, oh, cool, great. Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman, it's like, well, you know, I can understand that. Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot's a pretty, pretty busy individual. She's probably, probably couldn't make it because of a scheduling conflict. But, you know, Jason Moe and Ezra Miller, they were ready and willing to do that Peacemaker cameo. But at the same time, you could also argue that they did that cameo because they had movies coming out before the schedule change, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. I just, I just found it pretty funny that that ben affleck would come back for aquaman 2 and not peacemaker <laughs> but that's just me i'm not trying to point a finger or say anything specific there wink wink yeah. nudge nudge but regardless affleck's coming back for aquaman 2 i'm happy i'll i'm yep. content with that totally content with that um yeah that that was kind of the news that really made more more of a splash than you know warner brothers at comic-con this year yeah pretty much that <laughs> That really was the news that made it kind of, them kind of stand out, to be honest. I mean, yeah, the Black Adam trailer was fine, but it it wasn't anything, like, you know, shocking. Was that pun intended? I feel like that a, pun was intended. A little, little bit. <laughs> like, you know, it's really funny. Like, I, I, I think about it, and I think back to, like, that this last weekend when, when Comic-Con happened. I'm honestly more excited for Zam Fury of the Gods. Like, I, I yeah. really like the first film. I like David Sandberg as a filmmaker, and I, I was really blown away by that trailer. It looked really good. Mm -hmm. The movie looks good, so I'm, I'm, I'm hyped for that. But Black Adam, I'm like, you know, cool. I'll watch it. I'm going to watch it. I like Dwayne Johnson in the role. I just wish there was some kind of connectivity here going on yep. between Shazam and Black Adam. But who it knows? was definitely a better. It was a better trailer than the first one. I was I was not very big on the first uh, Black Adam trailer. I feel like the Black Adam, the first Black Adam trailer, I was in the minority on that. I, I quite enjoyed it, even despite the fact that it has some very uh, questionable humor. Yeah, that's that's what kind of I was. I just watched it. It was one of those ones like I watched the trailer. I was like, eh, that was fine, I guess. And, and it, just, it just it had no impact on me whatsoever. And what's even funnier is like the Rock got booed on stage when, <laughs> when asked about Superman. When, I read about when that. he was asked <laughs> about Superman, he got he got a bunch of boos when he said something <laughs> to the effect of it just matters on who's playing Superman. I'm just like, dude, yeah, your agent and Henry Cavill's agent are the same person. Yeah. 
Yeah. How are you? And it's like, you know, there was, there, you know, I will also put this on deadline. Deadline created a lot of false hype by putting out that article. Oh, Henry Cavill might show up at Comic-Con yeah. this year to announce a new Superman movie or something. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you really, oh, that was not <laughs> a good idea. Whoever fed yeah. you all that information either did it to mess with you or did it to just, you know, gain some hype or some leverage because, well, that didn't really work out, did it? Yeah. Warner Brothers, what are you doing? But hey, at least, at least Matt Reeves is working on the second Batman movie. I'm happy about that. Yes. You know, it's also funny. Colin Farrell was also recently asked about the upcoming Penguin show, and he um, he mentioned that Matt Reeves will not direct it, but he is heavily involved in that, which does not surprise me at all. Yeah, I could see that. Now that you know this movie has had a success, not just financially, but you know critically and with fans, I can definitely see them like now looking at Matt Reeves and just being like you know what you're doing with this so if you want to have input on everything regarding this world then have at it i have no qualms i mean i i feel like what matt reeves has done with the batman is nothing short of impeccable um mm -hmm. very great storyteller very awesome world he's built you know the foundation is there for some very interesting characters to show up so um fingers crossed i know i'll be watching that penguin show on hbo max absolutely you know, speaking of trailers and stuff, um, you know, you and I watched a couple trailers before we hopped on to record. Yeah, one of them pretty interesting. The other one, yeah. You want a Rochambeau for which one we should talk about first? Oh boy, uh, let's see. Uh, I always, I always like the bad news before the good news. Okay, so you just want to rip the bandaid off and get yeah, it? Yeah, let's with. just let's just rip it off and this awful trailer, awful. <laughs> so. The last time we put it on episode was May 31st oh. of this year, and that was the same day that this trailer dropped. And, oh. um, you know, I can still kind of remember when the, when the trailer came in our group chat. Mm. Yep. With you, I, and Terrence. And, yep. Um, well, guys, not to, not to bring up old, old news or, you know, <laughs> bring up bad juju or anything like that, but um, we felt compelled to talk about this trailer because we like talking about all things Batman, and this is very much in that Batman wheelhouse. And it's yep. it's in that Batman wheelhouse in the way that you're looking at it like, why can't this be the thing that I want it to be? Yeah. and uh, it, It's one of those things I remember specifically in one of our earlier episodes when we found out the announcement of this series and we're like, huh. Okay, that sounds kind of interesting. If they if they put the right people in it, and mm -hmm. I could see that I could see this working. It sounds odd, but it could work. It could work. No, no, it can't work. <laughs> not not from this. No, and everything about the, okay. There's only really one thing in this trailer that works, and that's yeah. Misha, Misha Collins as Two Face. But yeah. everyone, we are talking about Gotham Knights, and it's coming to CW next year, and. Well, oh boy. yep. What Craig said. <laughs> I mean, like, like, like what we, you and I said um, in one of our earlier episodes too. Uh, neither one of us is like too big on the whole CW, you know, slew of DC shows. I, I think I'm even more less of a fan than even you are. I just they just don't really click with me. Um, but I was willing to give this show, you know, the shadow of the doubt and. Again, like this idea of, okay, so Bruce Wayne dies and his son and the children of other villains are going to 
take up the roles and be the defenders of Gotham. Okay, that's kind of interesting, but um, I'm one of those people, like, I got to see a trailer first. Like, you know, you can give me the announcements, you can show me screenshots, you can give me all this stuff. I need to see it in motion. I need to see what the tone is going to be like. I need to see how the actors kind of meld together. And I'm sorry, just everything about this trailer is wrong. Everything <laughs> about it is bad. This is one of the absolute worst trailers I have ever seen, I think, in my life. So I have the cast list and the, the general consent, the, not consensus, the, the general page up on uh, Wikipedia here, and it has the cast. We have uh, Oscar Morgan as Turner Hayes, who's Bruce Wayne's adopted son. We have, I hope I don't mispronounce this or butcher the name, Nevaeh Robinson as Carrie Kelly. Fallon Smythe as Harper Rowe and Tyler D. Chiara as Colin Rowe. They are newer characters who I believe were introduced in Scott Snyder's run of Batman. Uh, Olivia Rose Keegan, who will play Dula Dent, also notorious for being the Joker's daughter. We have Anna Lore as Stephanie Brown, who is more often than not a um, love interest for Tim Drake. Ray Hart Adams as Brody, and of course Misha Collins as Harvey Dent. And that, those are the official listed cast members as of right now. Um, it looks like filming for the pilot episode began in April of 2022. Wow, that wasn't that long ago. Holy shit. Yeah, no. I'm amazed that they were able to do the pilot and then put out a trailer a month later. Yeah. That, oof. That just gives me bad vibes right off the bat. And it's to your point, like you even mentioned it before we start recording, I'm going to say it here, like <laughs> under the marketing section on the Wikipedia page, the first trailer was released on May 31st, 2022 to varying degrees of online scrutiny and backlash. <laughs> oh, to say man. the least. You know, you, you, you kind of hit it on the head. I am... I, well, I was. I, I haven't really watched anything CW since Crisis on Infinite Earths, so it's been about two years. Um, I remember when it when it was announced, you know, kind of like you, I was kind of like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And then things started pouring out about this. I was like, oh, all right, okay. And then the trailer came out, and I was like, okay, let's watch it. And then by the end of it, I was just <laughs> like, dear Lord, what the Yeah. There's just, there is so much forced humor. There is so much just, I mean, my God, it, it almost gives me soap opera vibes, to be honest. Well, I mean, the like, CW is, is a drama network. and it's True. I don't know. I've never really, I don't, I don't, I don't really have anything nice to it's say. Of, yeah, see, it's like, it's one of those things like, how can you even say anything about it? It's just all bad. Like, there's a really cool-looking game coming out at the end of the year called Gotham Knights. You get to play as all the former allies of Batman. Batman's dead. Court of Owls are the main antagonist. You get to run into Penguin and Mr. Freeze. Gameplay action looks pretty cool. Yeah. And then we get this, and it's like... I have no idea who the hell Turner Hayes is. No. Like... And of all... You've got... Batman, you have the lore of Batman. You could have made the son Damien. That would have been interesting. Why are they so against involving Damien in these things? You know, there's a part of me that's kind of holding out hope that Turner Hayes is just like a a moniker or a, that's, another that's name for like Tim, but yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like because Titans has Dick, Jason, and Tim now... 
that they were excluded from using any one of them for this. And I'm just like, I'm with you. Like, well, Damien's right there. But I almost feel like they might use Damien Wayne in Titans. Yeah, probably. And, well, I don't really know that that musters up any excitement either because, well... Yeah. To put Boy. this to put this nicely in regards to how I feel about Titans, um, <laughs> season three was the most unwatchable thing on television I've seen in a long time. Oof! It just more wasn't so. good. It, it, it <laughs> more so than Peacemaker. <laughs> you know what? I will give. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. I will say that Peacemaker has a more consistent, well-thought-out storyline for its first season than Titans had in its third season. Oof. At least James Gunn knew what kind of story he was telling. Uh He executed it well, and he did what he set out to do. Was I a fan of it? No, not really. Do I think it's consistent? Yes. Can I say the same thing about Titans Season 3? No. No. No, I cannot, because that third season was bad. And I don't mean bad in a good way. I mean it was terrible, awful. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to watch season four. I don't care. I like the cast. I think the cast is good for the most part. Like, Brendan Thwaites is a great Dick Grayson and Nightwing, despite some very questionable creative choices throughout the entirety of that whole show. Um <laughs> that's still funny I still find that kind of funny but everything after that went really downhill really fast um, the kid they have playing Jason Todd I feel like they really rushed his story to turn him into Red Hood and he doesn't do a very menacing Red Hood at all I'm sorry like I I, I think uh, oh god what is the kid's name um 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 shit 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 uh I'm forgetting the actor's name uh uh Oh man, it's at the tip of my tongue. Oh, oh, what is his name? Um, uh, here I'm trying to look it up real quick. It's oh, shit. I forgot because that's how much I don't care about the show. <laughs> Even though I like the kid in, in the role to some extent, I liked him when he was Jason Todd. I don't really like Jason him in the Todd, Red Hood. Red Hood uh, Curran Walters. Thank you, Curran Walters. Yeah, and the kid they have playing Tim Drake. He's a good actor too. He's in the Batman. Like first five minutes of the Batman. Yeah. Liked him to some extent. Did not like what they did with Scarecrow at all. Like <laughs> at at all. Like that was I didn't think it could get any worse than what Gotham did with a, a lot of villains there, but my god, they they dropped the ball hard with Scarecrow <laughs> in that season, dude. They didn't even bother putting him in a mask. It's like how are you going to have the Scarecrow. The Scarecrow. And His you do, name you, is the Scarecrow. Right. And you don't at all put him in the mask. He is a dude with mommy issues, and he even carves his face up worse than Victor Zaz by the season end. I'm just like, dude, oh, no. Um, it was just a shit show, for lack of better phrasing there. I just, I can't with that show. And then I look at Gotham Knights, and I'm like, yeah, this this looks to be about that same kind of quality. I was literally about to say, speaking of shit, to go back to shit show... Here's the other thing with the Gotham Knights, and it goes back to a point that you were talking about a little bit earlier. Why is it named the same thing as the mother video game? I don't know. I have no idea. That makes no sense. So now you're just going to confuse people, too. 
because people are going to be like, oh, this, this show must be based on the video game. Or people are going to look at, oh, the video game's based on the show. Like, it makes no sense. Right, because you have a brand new adopted son who has, from what I can tell, absolutely zero ties to any kind of the Robins. So yep. there's that. Um, Harper Rowe and her brother, again, those are characters pulled from Scott Snyder's books. I don't know how they're exactly going to factor into this. Um, the basic premise is Bruce Wayne is dead. Shock, shock, surprise, surprise. Uh, the people being questioned and or framed for his murder are, you know, Turner Hayes, the two Rose, and, of course, Joker's daughter, Dula Dent. And if I've ever seen some, like, over-the-top acting from anyone, oh, it's that character. Yeah. That, that was some of the most, again, over-the-top, trying-too-hard type of acting that I was just like, yeah, all right, whatever. That scene in the trailer where they're in the police car, so I'm just trying to get my handcuffs off like they did. I'm like, oh my god, no. You know, and even like her leaning out of the car with the police hat on, I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah. someone who runs this show was clearly a fan of The Dark Knight, because yeah. that, that, that's exactly what you're doing right now. At the very, at the very end of the trailer... You know, oh, you brought the Batmobile, right? Oh, I brought my mom's car. It's going to be a tight ride. <laughs> Shotgun! Uh, it's, and it's, just, it's so formulaic. I think that's my main problem. Like, for such an intriguing premise to a show, you watch this trailer and it is just so by the numbers. You know exactly what the characters are going to say. You know what their witty little sarcastic responses are going to be. And it's just, ah, uh, yeah. And I even look at the actors playing Carrie Kelly and Nevaeh Robbins. I've I've absolutely zero issue with with that, obvious for obvious reasons, right? But I look at the costume they put her in, and I'm just like, yeah, that's not a Robin costume. Like, she she looks like she's like she she looks like like Halloween, and she's trying to be. You know what it is? No, it's not even Splinter Cell. It's part of Spy Kids. Uh I'm like, what are we doing? I don't know. I feel like the mansion is used from Titans, and I feel like the Batcave is reused from Batwoman. Oh, and I'm looking at a poster of the show here. Uh-huh, you get, you get it? The Joker's daughter, she's wearing a purple shirt and a green jacket. Ah, purple and green. In case you didn't know she was the Joker's daughter, get it? That's another thing that pissed me off about oh, yeah. the third season of Titans. They, they showed Robin die, like, they showed Jason Todd being murdered by the Joker, they didn't bother at all giving the Joker any lines whatsoever or having any kind of performance. They just showed him beating Jason to death and then that's <laughs> it. And then the the biggest kicker, you ready for this? Bruce know. Wayne takes the crowbar that Joker kills Jason with and then goes to Arkham Asylum and kills the Joker. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, for all the people who had to sit there and whine and cry about Batman versus Superman's Batman being this brutal edgelord. I'm like, oh, <laughs> but it's totally fine if Ian Glenn does it to the Joker here. Whatever. I'm... I hate Jeff Johns. That man needs to get out of DC. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> um... this, it, that is, I think that's the only thing that is intriguing me. I mean, I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to watch maybe like clips or whatever of this Gotham Night show. I'm very curious to see, like, how the story plays out. If this is the degree of, like, what this show is going to be based off of this first trailer, 
I'm really curious to see what kind of plot turns they take. Like, are you going to watch it in the sense of, I want to just see how bad this is? I think so. Like, I don't want to, but my God. And not in a, not a hate watch kind of sense, but in yeah, a, yeah. like, how bad can this possibly get? Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that might be something fun to do when it comes out next year. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking the same thing. I don't know. I mean, just the, the image of the dead body of Batman you know that quick second that you saw it in the trailer and i just saw that and i was like okay if that's supposed to be his suit i'm gonna lose my mind well the the mask already looks cheap as hell no, the mask looks awful it's just a mask it's not even a full cow <laughs> no, it's, 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 not. A, it's it is it literally is a mask it's just a mask <laughs> it's a batman mask that you probably buy at walmart or halloween <laughs> store for halloween and i'm like guys you were able to get a full damn suit for batwoman and you didn't even have an actor to fill it in with. But you're going to sit here and tell me with a straight face that this version of Batman just wore a mask? I'm okay. Gonna say, I'm going to say that I think if that mask is any indication, Gotham's suit might have something that beats it in terms of absolute worst bat suit. Well, I mean, if thing. that mask is any indication. Watch it just not even have a suit. Watch it, this version of Batman just be out there in a mask. Oh, my God. <laughs> Maybe that's why whoever killed him was able to kill him. It's like, oh, that's Bruce Wayne in a suit or a Batman mask. I don't know. I a mask and a leather jacket. Probably. <laughs> it's like, hey, remember what we did in Gotham season four where we put Bruce Wayne in like a, a jacket and a, in a, in a, you know, earless mask? Yeah, let's do that, but let's just add the ears. I digress, but yeah, I don't know. I, I have... <laughs> I don't know how or why it's so difficult to do a Batman-related show and then have it be so far removed from Batman in almost every creative capacity. Yeah. I just... I don't get it. I, I don't get the thought process behind it at all. And it's 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 not like this might last long anyway, because from what I understand, they're looking at selling the CW off anyway. Good. <laughs> in my opinion, good. I mean, The Flash is on its last legs. I'm pretty sure they're on their last season. Uh, they axed Legends of Tomorrow. They axed Batgirl. Uh, Superman and Lois is probably getting... Actually, it is. It's getting a third season. Whether or not it gets anything past that, I can't say for sure. And, yep. um, well, based on the reception of this trailer, doesn't sound like Gotham Knights might not be due for a long one anyway. Oh, my God, Phil. I I just paused at on the trailer... If you if you have the trailer pulled up on YouTube, go I to don't. 31 seconds and pause it. He's not wearing a suit. There, Misha Collins is looking over the dead body of Bruce Wayne. It's the mask. He's in a black leather jacket and black pants. He doesn't even have a cape. Oh Lord, am I gonna not like this? I'm probably not gonna lot like this. Yeah, go to the YouTube Gotham Night season trailer, the CW, and pause it at 31 seconds. Okay. I can't wait to see this reaction from you. You said 31 seconds? 31 seconds. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh. He's in a leather jacket. Oh, he and... doesn't even have a suit. Nope, and he's just wearing the mask. <laughs> this is going to be a shit show. I... <sighs> <laughs> I I 
I, I, I have no words. <laughs> I have absolutely no words for this. I'm, I'm just disappointed. Oh my god. I think disappointed would probably be the right word. Maybe. Yeah. It's Batman in a leather jacket. <laughs> I, I. Was their costume budget like? Could they not afford anything from Spencer's? Probably not. Or a Spirit Halloween store at the very minimum. I <laughs> I haven't even timestamped any of the f bombs, so this is gonna uh, be a fun editing session for me. Yeah. Oh well, I don't care. Um. <laughs> oh boy. I am just. Yeah. I don't know if if if. You know what? Morbid curiosity. That is how I'm going to to just put yeah. a pin on on that trailer. I am morbidly curious in 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 the sense that I'm gonna watch it only to see how bad it is. I mean, I'm even I'm honestly getting like Batman and Robin vibes. I mean, in terms of the quality that I'm going to expect from this. To be brutally honest, this makes Batman and Robin look like cinema. But then again, <laughs> I said the same thing about Thor: Love and Thunder in the same comparison. So. <laughs> Yeah, we're not talking about that movie here, kids. Mm-mm, no, mm-mm. not today. No. Uh-uh. Um, but moving on from Gotham Knights. Yeah, so like I said, got the bad out of the way. So now the good trailer, like the trailer that I actually went, wow, that actually looks like it's going to be a good time. It's going to be fun. Yeah. And I don't use that word a lot. Okay, maybe I do, but I, <laughs> it, in in comparison to this, yes, the next one we are going to talk about looks a lot more fun, and that is Batman Superman Battle of the Super Sons. Yeah. This just looks this looks like it's gonna be a blast from the beginning to the end. And again, like I said prior to us starting the recording, I'm usually not a fan of the three D animation. Uh, I just a lot of times I don't like the way it kind of it always just kind of looks stuttery to me. And I get it because that is you know, you're using a three D animation on it. I just typically don't like it, but I do think it does fit what they're going with here. I don't mind it. I I kind of like it every time Warner Brothers animation kind of moves out of their um, comfort zone and tries different things, and I feel like this is de- very much in that same vein. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, premise of it is, you know, John Kent, Superman's son, and Batman's son, Damian Wayne Robin, they are introduced, and it looks like their first big adventure in animated form will be them taking out Starro the Conqueror. Yeah. And it looks like Starro has taken over virtually everybody. Yeah, I think in the trailer, I mean, obviously he takes over Batman and Superman, but it looked like he pretty much takes over the Justice League, too. Definitely looks like the Justice League has been taken over. Lois Lane, Lex Luthor, who seemingly looks like he's probably president in this universe, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting the vibe of too but there were also uh the the members of the justice league or even young justice or the titans whatever it looked like uh there was martian manhunter green arrow wonder girl beast boy and i feel like there was one other character might have been kid flash or roy harper i don't remember Uh, definitely had some characters in it though from the greater dc universe The Super Sons. Yeah, definitely looking at the clip from what I can see. Yeah, I think you're right. Luther is the president of the United States. Yeah, that. I think that is absolutely the case. That, that very much looks like he's sitting in the Oval Office. And 
And it looks like the members of the Justice League that they are going to fight. Did I get it right? Well, there's Batman and Superman that they're fighting. Who Beast else? Beast Boy. That does look... Uh, okay. Might, yeah. Okay, yeah. So it's Kid Flash, Martian Kid Manhunter, Flash. Beast yep. Boy, Wonder Girl, and it looks like Cassie Sandsmark, Wonder Girl with that too, and Green Arrow. Yep. Interesting. Very interesting. Looks like, yeah, that's Wally West too. Wally West Kid Flash. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down for this. This movie looks like a lot of fun. Comes out, uh, I think I saw a release date for October. Oh, okay. So, that that looks like it'll be interesting, to say the least. Um, I, as far as the animation goes, again, like I'm, I'm not opposed to it. I think it looks fine. Uh, I have really no qualms with it. Um, kind of reminds me of Batman Ninja a little bit. Mm-hmm. But that's not a bad thing. No, not at all. I don't think. Batman Ninja's just fun. Yeah. And I, I actually really like the idea of introducing, you know, both Damien and John to a much wider audience outside of comics. Mm-hmm. So I feel like those characters are long overdue for that kind of notoriety. Well, then again, like, Damien was introduced in the other animated universe. Like, he was in the, the new animated universe with, like, you know, Batman versus Robin, Son of Batman, yep. Justice League Dark, Apocalypse War. Like, he was, he was kind of a mainstay character in that. So I'm wondering if there's going to be a sooner rather than later when it comes to bringing Damien over into a live-action fold, whether it be a TV show or a movie somewhere down the line. Uh, like I said before in our um, review episode of The Batman, I would like to see Matt Reeves' interpretation of Damien. I think he could, if there was a director who could do Damien justice, I think it's definitely Matt Reeves. I feel like if Matt Reeves wanted to do a Robin, it would more than likely be Dick or Damien. I feel like that is very yeah. much in that kind of same wheelhouse, but you know, time will tell if that ever comes to fruition. And like you and I said in that episode, like, if you're going to introduce him, like, do what he did with the Batman. We don't need an origin story. Just have him be there in the next movie. Right. Or whatever movie, if whichever one you decide to put him in, just put him in there. We don't need to see how he becomes Robin. Or, like, at the end of the second movie, have Talia cameo at the end and be like, you have, yeah, like, you know, kind of pull the, the, um, the, the son of Batman role where she just comes in and be like, yeah, um, you have a, you have a son, <laughs> right? And just end the yeah. movie that way. And Batman's yeah. just like, oh shit. <laughs> Gotta pay child support now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Child support from Bruce Wayne. I'm that's sure a that. lot of, that's a lot of money. He can do it. Yeah. He can afford it. I mean, he took in three other kids that weren't his. It's true. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. That looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm sure we'll probably talk about it when when that movie comes out with yeah. without a shadow of a doubt. And also um at Comic-Con there was another animated Batman movie that was announced and it I want to say it's taking inspiration from a Mike Mignola story and the last time that happened was uh Batman Gotham by Gaslight, but this one is called uh Batman the Doom that Came from Gotham. Oh, I didn't even hear about this. It was announced this year at Comic-Con. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was announced alongside um, a Justice League story. Um, it was announced alongside a Legion of Superheroes film as well. And yeah, so it looks like from what I'm seeing here, uh, the Batman, the Doom that came from Gotham story is a limited series published by DC's Elseworlds, created by Mike Mignola. The story takes place. The story places Batman as a pulp hero adventurer in the 1920s where he battles against H.P. Lovecraft-inspired monsters. Oh, okay, I'm down with this. I like that. 
Yeah, I mean, I like Mike Mignola as an artist. Ironically enough, I'm just not a fan of the Hellboy stuff, but I do like Gotham by Gaslight. Uh, I thought that was a very good movie, and this that was also Mike Mignola, if I'm not mistaken. Um, let's see. I'm, I'm looking at the the Wikipedia page for it. Three-issue comic book miniseries published from November 2000 to January 2001 under the DC Comics Elseworlds imprint, written by Mike Mignola, Richard Pace, and illustrated by Troy Nixie for the pencils and Dennis Janky, Jank, I don't, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, uh, with Magnola providing covers. The story deals with an alternate Batman in the 20s fighting against mystical and supernatural forces that are taking Gotham by storm after accidentally reawakening the being known as Lurker of the Threshold. Interesting. Yeah, that sounds really intriguing. I like that. I'm down for it. I think I did see some like artwork of that story with a Mr. Freeze involved with it, so I wonder if that... Oh yeah, he's uh. right there on the cover. Yeah, yeah, he's right there on the cover. There's like a Mr. Freeze-ish kind of character right behind Batman. Interesting. Cool. Yeah, I might actually have to pick that up. Yeah, Mr. Freeze in the 1920s. That is intriguing. Not only in the 1920s, but under like an H.P. Lovecraftian type of archetype. Yeah. Setting. Personality. I don't know what the right word is there. (laughs) But. Oh. Oh, I'm looking at a panel right now from a book, and it's like Batman holding a bow and arrow, too. Okay. Huh. Yeah. I mean, it is is the 20s. He's not going to have his usual, you know, set of gadgets, so. Holy shit, I even see a thing here of Two-Face, and he looks like a legitimate monster. Wow. Mm. Yeah, okay, I'm excited for this. I'm automatically excited for this. Yeah, I'll be watching that when it comes out. You know what else got announced while we were on hiatus? What was that? Joker 2. Oh, yes. Now, it's got a subtitle, so let me go ahead and look that up real quick, because I don't remember exactly what it is, but it's called... Joker 2. There's no official release date for it yet, but Joaquin Phoenix is allegedly set to reprise the role. Um... It, again, will be directed by Todd Phillips, also written by Todd Phillips, and I want to say Scott Silver, who wrote the first one. Um, But, you know, fun fact, this will also be the first time Joaquin Phoenix ever actually reprises the role for anything. Yeah, this is true. He's always, uh, he always does one and done, so yeah. So the the working title, from what I understand, the subtitle is uh, Folie et Deux, which I want to say in French. Yeah, actually, it says it right here in French, which means Madness for Two. Uh, that definitely sounds like Harley Quinn's going to be in there. Well, Lady Gaga is, mm-hmm. you know, from from what the trades say, Lady Gaga yeah. is in talks to play that or a play a character in this movie, and, and a lot of speculation is leaning towards Harley Quinn. Hmm. So tell me, Craig, how did you feel about the first Joker film? I don't know if we've talked about this on on air or not. Here's the thing. I enjoyed it for what it was, but it is one of those films. I do think, I mean, it definitely made an impact on me. I remember sitting in the theater and I mean, there were some points in that film that I was just like, really just kind of like, man, this is really like hit me like hard. But at the end of the day, it's it's one of those films like I saw it. I enjoyed it for what it was, but it's not something I'm going to, I'm not going to sit down and be like, Oh, you know what? I got some time to kill. I'm going to watch Joker again. It Hmm. it just, 
it does not have that kind of impact for me, but I do appreciate what it brought. Um, I do think that it was very intriguing for them to go in that kind of a direction for a film where you're kind of essentially giving us a quote unquote origin story for the Joker. Um, I thought some of the, you know, obviously Joaquin Phoenix, I thought was definitely a good choice for the role. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's one of those things like I remember being coming out of the theater and going, man, that, that really was impactful. You know, it did kind of leave a mark on me, but I just, it's not something I'm going to go back to and like want to watch again, to be honest. You know, I'm of two minds about the movie and here, here's the best way I can say it. I think as a film, it's very well made. It has yes. an impeccable score, yes. great direction, great casting, great performances, very interesting story. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of that token, if you look at like the grandiose of comic book films that we've had over the last, you know, 20, 25 years, at least as long as you and I have been watching them, mm-hmm. paying attention, right? Like it's, it's definitely on the other end of that spectrum in terms of what you might or might not expect, right? Yeah. Because it definitely takes its liberties creatively with a character like the Joker. Mm -hmm. Um, It is absolutely not by any stretch of the imagination an accurate, you know, comic accurate adaptation of anything that I've ever read, but that's not a problem. Yeah. Um, And I do think that despite... it, 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 To me, like... I do love a lot of things in it. The one thing that still rubs me the wrong way anytime I watch it is when the Waynes get murdered. Yeah. I do think that the Wayne murder in this in the in that film specifically is probably the weakest one ever done. But then again, it's it's really just because I've seen it done a couple different times in a couple different movies already, right? Yeah. So on the just on the whole, like I enjoyed it. I don't revisit it a ton. I think we're kind of in the same page in that. Yeah. But even still, I like what it did because it finally showed that it, I, I guess it really kind of proved the point that, that, you know, what they were trying to prove with Batman versus Superman and that, you know, you don't have to be superbly confined to your source material to tell a great story. Yeah, I agree with that. And so, I also think that it, it should stay a one and done. I, I think so too. I, I when I heard uh, when I saw that they were doing a Joker too, I just was like, "But why? <laughs> why?" I, I get it in the sense that yes, the movie made a lot of money. There was a lot of critical praise, but it's just like, "Why? What? What further can you do?" Honestly, you kind of hit the nail on the head of why they're making the second one. Yeah. Money. Yeah. Because notoriously, the first film was made on less than a $60 million budget, and it went on to gross over a billion dollars worldwide. Yeah. So, Warner Brothers, who split the profits with Braun Entertainment, they're looking at this like, no, we're going to redistribute this whole thing by ourselves and get all the profit, right? So, I I, I firmly believe that the second film is solely driven by money by money for the most part but the fact that that todd phillips 
has concocted a second story. Um, I'm very curious to see what he does with that. Yeah. And if it's any different or if he's going to pull a hangover and make it almost like, you know, he did, he did hangover one and that was great. But then the, the, the two that followed were like, okay, this is more or less what you've already done. Is mm-hmm. that, is that going to be the same case for the Joker sequel or is it going to be something different? Because apparently talks of it being a musical musical. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't think he's ever done a musical. Mm-mm. Yeah, I'm just... This is probably the number one movie on my list of, like, I need to see a trailer of this because what in the world is this going to be? Like, I, I'm just, like, thinking, are we seeing the rise of a criminal empire? Like, I mean, obviously at the end of the film he you know he did the whole like bloody smile on his face and he has all those followers so is this going to be like does he go does he just become a criminal like leader does is it like a cult thing like i'm i'm just racking my brain like what direction is this film going to go in or alternatively if you look at the way the film also ended before after that of him in an asylum running away with a bloody footprint is it going to take place in the entirety of arkham are we going to see other villains or other would-be mm, villains of these characters that's a good point right like yeah what more story is there to tell after yeah. you told such a a confined by itself story regarding one of the most psychotic characters ever created yeah. Right. Like, and in this very grounded and real world too, that does make right. sense. Like, you can't have him just like bust out of the asylum and become, you know, I'm the Joker now, and I'm going to cause chaos in Gotham and all that kind of stuff. You, you lose that sense of grounded reality if you go in that. So that that is, I never thought of that of having it take place in Arkham. And the million dollar question: Does Batman show up or not? Yeah. I don't or know. is it or is it set like you know is it set like a year later so he's still just young Bruce very good point that's true yeah. too and you know even looking at it, and if rumors pan out or if, if she if Lady Gaga does in fact get cast as you know this version of Harley Quinn you know there is a sizable age difference between her and Joaquin Phoenix too mm-hmm. right she's in her mid-30s he's pushing 50 so Again, like to your point, if it does take place, you know, a year or so later, then that would automatically, like, again, you know, the end of the movie implies all that shit was in his head too. So maybe take place fifteen years prior to that happening, or maybe that's just how he remembers it. I honestly don't know. Like, if he were to work in Batman into this story in any capacity, how does he fit into this puzzle? That is again the question. And again, the, with these rumors of it being a supposed musical, and obviously you've got Lady Gaga supposedly in a role, so I've got to imagine she's probably going to be a part of that musical side of it, given her talents. But that also just kind of confuses me in the sense that, like, okay, well, but if she's also possibly going to be Harley Quinn, is is this going to be 
the Harleen Quinzel that we know that she works at Arkham and she's a, you know, a psychiatrist or a psychologist and she's work, you know, doing a case study on the Joker. Like how does that all fit into? That is another good point. Like if it does turn into a musical to some extent, you'd have to imagine that. Yes, she would probably lend her voice in that regard. Yeah. Right. And if she is going to play Harley Quinn, will she be that? Will we get to see more of the psychologist that we did not really see in, you know, the first Suicide Squad film? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I just know that Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix are back and they're making a sequel. So. And the and now that I'm thinking of it, too. So if we've got Lady Gaga, let's just say that Lady Gaga is Harley Quinn. With how he tackled in the first film, you know, he obviously the kind of the source and the main focus of that film is, you know, how someone who has, you know, some mental illnesses and someone who just gets pushed around can reach their breaking point and just turn sinister with how he tackled that kind of subject material is he is the second film since probably I'm guessing Harley Quinn's going to be a major factor in that film. Is it going to be a film that focuses on like, you know, toxic relationships and the toxicity that can happen when you have two people who are pretty much psychotic in their own ways and they become attracted to one another. Does he, does he make that the central focus of this film? I think you have to look at the the subtitle, right? Like it's yeah. it's it's again. I, I actually just had it up, and then I closed the tab like an idiot. Good on me. <laughs> Good on me. Good job, Philip. Uh, let me pull it back up again. Here we go. So looking at the proposed title of it, right? Like you have, um, Folle I do again, which translates to madness for two in French. Like I that does lead credence to it uh-huh. potentially being about their relationship and just how bad it could get if unchecked which more often yeah. than not that relationship is probably one of the most toxic ones in comic book history yeah but i don't know um it's definitely on my radar um i'll probably if if it comes to be everything like they're talking about it being um, it probably might fall in that same category that the first one did. So yep. we'll see what happens with it. I'm sure time will tell. Uh, I can't imagine it having a budget more than the same than the first one. Yeah, did. I, yeah I would guess it, there's no way it surpasses like a hundred million. I would say like maybe they get a little bit more. Like maybe it's like an eighty million ish dollar film. Yeah, no, I don't see it surpassing a hundred million either. There's there's yeah. no way. There's, because you just you don't spend two hundred and fifty million dollars on a musical. Yeah, especially one centered around this subject matter. I just don't see that being a realistic possibility. And if they do do that, well, pfft, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to eat crow, but I just I just do not see that at all happening, at all. Yeah, like I said, probably out of everything coming out in the next like couple years this is definitely the film where i'm like i gotta see what this trailer is gonna be like 
I don't even know when and if they're going to start shooting soon. Obviously, since the, the script is done and written, you know, Joaquin Phoenix shared a picture of it. Or it was Todd Phillips or Joaquin? One of them did. One of them shared a picture on Instagram of Joaquin reading it. So you'd have to imagine that they're probably going to start shooting it relatively soon. Yeah. So probably 2024, maybe early 2025. Well, I mean, they shot Joker like the tail end of 2018 and had it out by 2019. Very true. Or maybe it was like the tail end of 2017. No, I think it was tail end of 2018. I'd have to go back and look. But yeah, I, I could definitely see them. If they, okay, ballparking, completely just, you know, spitballing, if they were to get, if they were to start shooting by the end of this year, right, Mm. I could feasibly see them putting it out end of next year. Fall 2023. Right. Just like they did with the first film. Yep, I could see that. Because that film occupied the October 4th slot, and it, you know, was largely unmatched. Yeah, nothing touched it. (laughs) Not only did nothing touch it, but they didn't have really any competition from anyone at the time. No. And, you know, I would also probably guess that the year prior when Venom hit in that same kind of time frame, it it really, you know, it it showed that that, that the fall is a prime time to do, Mm -hmm. you know, a film based on a comic book. Because that is honestly something I've been saying for a little while now, especially with Halloween taking place like weeks after that is literally the perfect time to put out a film right before yep. Halloween. Yep. Because you get all those Halloween costumes, you get all that buzz. It's 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 a good time to put out a movie, especially of that kind of caliber. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I if I feel like if they started shooting it relatively soon, they could absolutely have it out by next year. Especially if they follow the same kind of formula they did for the first one in terms of budget, shooting, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn Season 3. We were initially going to talk about the trailer for Harley Quinn Season 3. Yeah. <laughs> but we're well past the season debut of Season 3, so I guess we might as well just kind of talk about the first half of the first bit of Season 3 here. Craig, you, you watched it last night? Uh, I watched the first episode, so I, I'm not fully caught up yet. Okay, so you're not me. <laughs> I, I, I've watched all three episodes. Um, I adore this show quite a yeah. bit. I think we've talked about that here on this show. Um, I am, we're both fans of it. Craig, lo- Craig loves Bane, like a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I love their interpretation of Bane. I love him so much. <laughs> I really love how in the second season they really alluded that he, he is a pit. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> the uh, river will run red with Razzy Zazzy. <laughs> Uh, and his so many so many good lines with him in that show and they're apparently doing I'll break you off this chair they're apparently doing a spinoff with Kite Man and Bane's supposed to be a big supporting character in that too oh I'm all for that (laughs) I never thought I would utter those words that there's going to be a spinoff a Kite Man Man spinoff and it's going to be like the cheers of supervillain (laughs) TV and I'm like alright cool but you no, know, season three is here. Uh, it's been a long time coming. It kicks off the what is it? Eat, kill, bang tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yep. I don't really remember the the, the phrasing there, but yeah. Um, 
Amanda Waller's in the first episode. They reference yes. the, they they reference the Suicide Squad from the movie, the first <laughs> movie, which I was yeah. like, huh. That got that got me. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I laughed quite a bit. Yep. Quite a fair bit at that. Um they introduced Nightwing. I know you're not too far into it, but I will just say that I have never laughed harder. Oh boy! Okay. It, like he, he he's I will just say that Sad Boy Nightwing is my one of my favorite <laughs> versions of the character, dude. Because you get to a point where he's he's a sad boy, and it is comedy. <laughs> it is hilarious. Oh man, I can't. I'm gonna have to. I'm watching these episodes after this. We're done recording. To oh, be honest, dude, I'm it, supposed to. I gotta go to bed to go to work, but I'm probably gonna stay up and watch them. Oh, that makes two of us. I gotta go to work tomorrow too, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And then to that point, that's what I think I love the most about the show. It is very funny. I love how over the top graphic it gets and everything. But just like what you said about Nightwing, I love that you can tell these writers and these actors, they really care about the characters and they they know the absurdity of some of these characters. I loved the way they did Damien. In I think it was season one. I think he was in yes. season one. Season one, yes. And I love the fact that he is just a little kid. Yes, he is, you know, still from the League of Assassins and everything, but he very much acts like a little kid. You know, I'm a sweet potato pie. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I love that he just he you know he he comes in on a little one of the little scooter things to confront Harley Quinn. I, that that's the kind of stuff I love. I love the fact that they just they know these characters and they know what is so absurd about them. Again, Bane, they nailed how absurd Bane as a character is, and they throw so much at him. <laughs> but at the same time, they make him so menacing in that episode where he just beats the absolute shit out of Batman. You know, I think Bane is in the first episode, and he um. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's yeah. in the first episode. He's in line. His credit card gets yeah. to. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Oh man. And then the second episode. Oh my god. The second episode's hilarious. That's where I'm getting at with the Sad Boy Nightwing. Like you, you, you get introduced to Nightwing. You see him go back to the Batcave. You see a whole conversation. Like you see the Bat family actually put in work in Gotham City too. I won't say who they fight or how mm. it happens, but okay. you you see them work together and then the episode kind of weaves its way into them confronting Harley Quinn and her crew and it, it's it's just hilarious it is just absolutely hilarious what they have to do and then the third episode is even is is funny in its own right for a completely different reason but my god dude Harley Quinn I at first I remember hearing about this and I was like a, a mature rated animated Harley Quinn show I wonder how well this is gonna go over yeah I didn't think it would last a season. Here we are two seasons later, and they are on season three. They they yeah. evidently know full well what they're doing. They don't disrespect anything. And, and Well, no. I, let me put an asterisk there. They don't disrespect anything that's been pre-established, but they go and they don't pull their punches at all with what no. they are doing. And it is hilarious. Yeah, no, I remember when this show got announced, and I was kind of like, eh, okay, this could either be pretty good, or this could be absolutely terrible. And I remember when the when I watched the first episode, I mean, I was hooked. I was hooked right then and there. I was, I remember uh, my ex and I, we were um, on the couch, and I watched that first episode, and I was like, 
I'm sorry. I'm staying up tonight. I got I got to watch this. <laughs> Cuz it, it it's it's literally the de- the show is the definition of taking the piss out of the jar. 100%. And and they do it tastefully and it's so not in your face. Yeah. But it's just so well done. And I think what I also love is like I think it's in the second episode. There's a reference to the air cut. It's on Batman's computer. Yeah. Oh my god. It's hilarious. I think I was at I want to say, was that in one of the trailers? Because I do recall that. I think it was. It might have been in one of the trailers. I know for sure there's like screen grabs of it going around. Yeah. It might have even been shared. That's, in the group probably, chat. Where I, that's probably where I saw it, a screen grab. But the even funnier thing is, is like right underneath the folder on Batman's computer where the air cut is, there's a folder that says Batman nipple suit concepts. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at that. I laughed my ass off because it was so funny. Oh man, no! Harley Quinn's Harley Quinn is here to stay. I love that version of Poison Ivy. I love yes. Lake Bell in that role. She, she is one hundred percent my favorite interpretation of Poison Ivy. Like the dry humor that she displays is just nothing short of brilliant. I effing love yeah. this version of Poison Ivy with all my heart. I do truly, and it, it looks like this season is like pointing her in a direction to like be a villain. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see this. I want to see where this goes. Well, I mean, they've been hinting at the last two seasons. There are those points where Ivy kind of, you can see that she's like fighting this like inner rage. And oh, yes, you can definitely tell that there is something very dark and evil in this version of Ivy. And I can't wait to see what gets unleashed. Yeah, you know, by the end of the first episode, you kind of get the idea that 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 is exactly the kind of road they're going to go down for poison ivy in as yeah. far as where her character is going to go and it, it makes so much sense because she's been you know the comfort she's been the backbone she's been you know the best friend to ivy and now that they're together it's it's kind of like a bit of a trade-off now now we're going to see what happens when poison ivy loses her shit and what mm-hmm. how, how how harley quinn's going to react to that and i feel like that's going to be a very interesting turn of events going forward and to add on to Again, I know that people love the the Suicide Squad and the characters that were in that, but I'm sorry, King Shark and Harley Quinn, hands down, a million times better than the King Shark that was in the Suicide Squad. You know, I laugh every time King Shark speaks in this freaking show. That's hilarious. It's even funnier. Is like, it was also announced at at, at Comic Con that Zack Snyder will be cameoing in Teen Titans Go. James Gunn, <laughs> James Gunn cameos in this. Like oh. he's got like a full like role, and I think it's in episode two and three. You get to see more of you get to see how James Gunn factors into this because <laughs> it is it's it's involving Clayface, and James Gunn is making a movie. I won't say what movie he's making, but when you see it, you're gonna be like, oh no shit. <laughs> I think I kind of have a feeling. Mm, okay, I, I will tell you he's not making a Suicide Squad movie. Okay, yeah, no, I figured that, but I. I think i know okay <laughs> i forget if they even allude it in the first episode or not i don't remember i might rewatch it well i mean and that's the thing you remember clayface was obs- uh, tim burton had the, the cameo in the second season oh that's know, at, right at the wedding that's right i, I need to sing for tim burton well that's the thing he clayface becomes the it was shown off in the trailer you know yes. clayface yeah, becomes they in the trailer. like they show clayface becoming the seat for james gunn i was like yep. okay <laughs> this is funny. Is that a shark joke? If so, that's very funny. <laughs> God, I, God, I love King Shark. 
Yeah, I wasn't too big on the Suicide Squad, but it's really funny to see that 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 meta-ness of having, you know, James Gunn, the director of that movie, be in this show in a in a role. I yeah. just think that's pretty funny in and of itself. Yeah, I'm looking at the um cuz they've got all the titles for the episodes. Mhm. Um, <laughs> episode four is called A Thief, A Mole, and Orgy. Oh. Well, that's a, that's another thing they kind of alluded to in the, in the trailer, was that they're going to do the Court of Owls, but I feel like it's going to be a very, um, orgy take on the Court of Owls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. The one that I'm most intrigued by, let's see, episode one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Episode eight is called Batman Begins Forever. Oh. <laughs> oh. I can't wait to see what that's going to be. Oh. There's also... Mm, I'm not going to... Oh, man. <laughs> there's so much I want to talk about in regards to Batman in this already. Because, like, they don't shy away from, like, the Batman-Catwoman relationship this season. I think yes. that that's... that's. I don't remember what episode it is, because it's not the first one. It's either in two... It might be three... Yeah, I think it's the third episode is when you you get that reveal of Batman and Catwoman are in a relationship. Yeah, and it's well they 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 homage a very specific piece of art that was shown mm-hmm. off last year and it was funny as hell. Yep, I remember the fallout from that uh, that whole scenario. So <laughs> can't wait to see what they do here. Yeah, well, it's canon because superheroes do that. Yep, but. Yeah, Harley Quinn season three. Every new episode, every Thursday, I believe, is the episode drop. Yep. Yeah, new episodes Thursdays. Yes, yeah, that's right. So Thursday, Harley yep. Quinn episode four, season I've three. Seen an orgy apparently. I'm wondering if it's at the Court of Owls or not. I, I got to imagine. Well, before we wrap up, we have um, some unfortunate news. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, we lost an icon in regards to uh, Batman's world, and that would be uh, the passing of David Warner. Yeah, I did see that. That was earlier this last week, I think. Take a look here. Let's see. Yeah, David Warner passed away July 24th. This, yep. this past, I guess that would be like a week ago, right? Yeah, last week. Uh, yeah, yeah. A week ago today. Uh, David Warner famously voiced the character of Ra's al Ghul in Batman the Animated Series, as well as he also had a role in Teenage Mutant Turtle 2. Yep. That's where I was first introduced to him, because I, I watched that. I mean, I watched all the Ninja Turtle movies a lot, but I watched the original all the time and part two all the time as a kid. So I I he has a very distinct, I'll always picture him holding that can of ooze yes, from the, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Yes, the TGRI ooze canister. Yep. And it's funny because I, I, I did not put the correlation together that that, that professor and he was the voice of Rachel Gould until I was, you know, Oh, yeah, I never, I, yeah, I never put those two together. So, yeah, unfortunate passing of David Warner. That was, uh, that one, that one, that one kind of hurt. I was like, oh, no, mm-hmm. that sucks. Yeah, I mean, the voice of Raish in that animated series, he brought such a a regal viciousness to it because he was very proper, he was very professional, but you could just tell the evil that was behind that voice. Agreed. And I thought, it's one of those things, like, 
anytime I see Rachel Ghoul, I think of that voice. He's very much, he's just as important to me in terms of a voice to a character as Mark Hamill is the Joker. And oh my god, <clears throat> sorry, lost my voice there for a second. No, you're fine. Kevin Conroy as Batman. Yeah, when I read a Batman comic and Rachel Ghoul's in it. I hear David Warner's voice. Yep. Like, there, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. I mean, don't get me wrong, Liam Neeson did a phenomenal job as the character, but when I hear that character's voice in my head, more often than not, it's David Warner. Yep. This is interesting. I'm looking at his IMDb. Um, according to this, he was originally slated to play Freddy Krueger in the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Really? Think about that. That is, yeah, that is certainly something. It says uh, makeup tests. They even did makeup tests. Makeup tests were done, but Warner had to drop out due to scheduling conflicts. Robert England was then cast. Wow. We almost got David Warner as Freddy Krueger. That would have been interesting. That is... Yeah, that is very interesting because, you know, kind of a connect-the-dot moment here. Robert England actually wound up voicing the Riddler in The Batman. Yeah. So, that, yeah, Wow talk about crazy coincidences yeah but uh the hearts go out to david warner's family he was a very iconic actor in his own right may he rest in peace um yeah that 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 it, that is weird i never would have guessed david warner is freddy krueger wow I, man i want to see those makeup tests yeah <laughs> me too that's I wild i see that that's crazy that's super wild i want to see what that looks like i wonder if they have any archive photos of that anywhere well, it's New Line. You'd have to imagine they might somewhere. I don't know. You know what also went in the archives this year? What's that? The Dark Knight Rises. Turned yes, 10. Sir. Turned 10 years old, man. Crazy. It's funny. Because I remember we used to make fun of that movie a lot. Mm-hmm. Like a lot, a lot. Yep. And I've I've softened my opinion on that movie, but I, I still think of the, the Nolan films. It's very much the weakest of the three. Yeah, I remember the first time I saw it, I think it was just because I was just so hyped to finally to see Bane in a actual serious role instead of, you know, Batman and Robin. <laughs> right, right. Um, so for me, I remember walking out of it the first time and going like, that was definitely my favorite of the three. But obviously, after I kind of died down and like looked back on it, hey, yeah, okay, that didn't work at all. Yeah, that didn't make a lot of sense. That was kind of, okay, this isn't that, eh, okay, this doesn't reach up to the other two. But it still does have its, you know, great moments. I mean, I'm, like you said, I remember one of your legendary moments. What will break for us? Oh, spirit? Oh, your oh, body. Your body. <laughs> right. I, I think Tom Hardy delivers an excellent performance in that movie. And, you know, there are things in it that I do enjoy, but when you compare it to the other two, and I feel like those are the only two you really can compare it to outside of Batman and Robin for obvious reasons, it yeah. very much has things in it that are, you know, good, if not great, right? Like, but it, it's it's just amazing to me that that, that that movie is now 10 years old. Yeah, it's crazy. We're getting old. Weren't we talking about doing a commentary to that? I think so. I think we might be overdue for that. Yeah, it might be. We might have to. 
that might be our next episode, or it might be the two-faced two-parter we keep promising people that isn't happening yet. Yeah. Which, no, yeah. And, I mean, that that movie did, too. There were some, I, and there are some points that really stick out to me. I love the scene where, you know, Batman's talking to Catwoman, and he turns, and she's gone. Uh, so that's what that feels like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there are moments like that. There's also, um, well, th- that's also the, the really the only movie in the trilogy where you get, like, a full-fledged Batman in the Batcave. Yeah. Maybe, maybe minimal, but, yeah, you get that mm-hmm. in that trilogy, right? You get you know, the iconic backbreaking moment, you get a cat woman, you get, you know, um, Batman in a vehicle that flies, mm-hmm. right? You know, there, there are elements of this movie that I find very interesting. And then I mean, there... even, even the final conflict, I mean, there was something very, very special about watching that, that battle take place, you know, with that many extras just charging at one another. Yeah, of Gotham City finally. Take, that that like, was a really well shot and really cool scene to find to see it play out. And you know, I think it took watching, you know, Batman versus Superman for me to really appreciate what Nolan was going for, at least from a filmmaking standpoint, because, you know, that that's that was the world he created. Those were his versions of his characters that he created. That that really kind of ultimately led me to, kind of softening my opinion on the whole Robin ordeal with, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, that was that was one thing that really bugged me about that movie was the fact that like when he finds out when he tells Bruce like I know you're Batman is you know they have the discussion he's like how did you know and he's like there was just I just there was a look at you I I looked at you and your eyes gave it away I'm like okay that's a little it's a bit of a stretch I get that he's like a hot young you know hot shot young detective and blah 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 but uh, come on really. That's yeah. the best you could do. Is yeah, that you just had a look. I, from what I recall, they kind of blended all three of the Robins into one. Yeah, for him, for that version, right? Like they had, um, he kind of had the origin of Jason Todd. He had mm-hmm. the the uh, the job profession that Dick Grayson went to when he became Nightwing and moved to Bloodhaven, which was you know detective. And then he, he essentially had like the, the wit and intelligence of Tim Drake, and I was like. All right, I can, yeah. I can kind of buy that, I guess. But I do think it was a little, um, not unfortunate, but not not necessarily the right or wrong call to like end the movie on that dude finding the Batcave. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, I can see where that would go. I just, yeah, I, I, I just, I, I just feel like that's also kind of setting up some some false hope there for people. Like, oh, there's gonna be a fourth one. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> I think his intention there was just kind of I, I I at no point at all thought that they he would ever do like another movie with, you know, him as the new Batman or anything like that. I think that was just very much Nolan kind of just going like the idea of Batman will always live on. Right. So and I, I get that people were kind of interested to see if they would do another one. But I just I never got that vibe. I was just like, OK, he's just very much this is his final little point to say, like, batman will always live on yeah that's that's kind of the idea i took from it too i just again you know i feel like it was i understood the intent i just don't know that it that it had the i i I understood the intent Mm -hmm. but i also feel like the the reception of it might have been false in hope if that makes any sense yeah and i feel for me personally the biggest miss in that movie and i remember even as as 
excited as I was when I saw that film in the theaters for the first time, I really, really feel like they missed the mark on that final shot of Alfred making eye contact with Bruce in at the cafe. And, you know, he sees that he's there with uh, Selena Kyle. I just, I really felt like they should not have shown Bruce. I think it would have been way more impactful if all you saw was Alfred looking up and he just has that kind of look about him and the movie ends there with you kind of giving your own interpretation. Did he see Bruce? Was he just thinking about what he talked to Bruce about earlier in the film of like, I imagine that I'll see you across the way and all this stuff. I just feel like that would have been a way more impactful ending to that film. And I get it. He wanted to, you know, he didn't want Bruce Wayne to die and he, you know, wants to give it like a hopeful ending, but I just, man, I just really feel like if they didn't reveal Bruce in that last shot, it, it would have made so much more of an impact with me. You know, I think about what that movie would have been had Heath Ledger not passed away. Exactly. Yeah. I think about that too. And what kind of story he would have liked to tell had he been able to tell that story as opposed to the one that he had to come up with after Heath Ledger's passing, mm -hmm. right? Like, and, would Bane have even still been involved? Like, would it have been right. Bane and Joker working together? Because that would have been very intriguing to see. Well, I don't know. I mean, there's the idea that Harvey Dent might not have even died at the end of the movie yeah. had Heath Ledger not passed away, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, you'd have to wonder if that third film would have been maybe a Two-Faced Joker kind of team up or even like i remember even before the third movie was you know written and set in stone there were rumors of like philip seymour hoffman as the penguin there were rumors of uh, leonardo dicaprio as the riddler because they had worked together on inception and um yeah it was it was very interesting time after the dark knight to see what that film turned into yeah because even then that still sticks with me as much as i do believe that the dark knight is such a really really good film I, that that last couple minutes does really bug me. It bugged me even back then when I first saw it. I just felt like it just kind of came out of nowhere, the way he tackles Two-Face, and they kind of fall off the ledge. And then I'm like, oh, okay, so they fell. And then I remember sitting there going, wait, he died from that? And, like, they, you know, they turn his head and everything. I'm like, really? He died from that? I think they tried to imply that he broke his neck from the fall. Maybe. And, like, the justification for Batman being fine was the fact that he was in a padded armored suit. I'm like, yeah, yeah. all right, sure, I guess. I just I just felt like, man, that, that was not that big of a drop, really, at all. That should not have killed him. Yeah, because he drops Maroney from a higher yeah. point yeah. earlier in the movie, right? He just yeah. shatters his ankles. Yeah. It's like, okay, all right whatever like i get that they had they had to do that or they felt like they needed to do that for the plot i just uh man it's just like man what could have been what could the dark knight rises have been had we not lost legend would it have even been called the dark knight rises i don't think so i think it would have been something entirely different yeah yeah i feel like it would have been something completely different as opposed to what we were given so mm -hmm. i don't know I don't know. Something for our for our audience to ponder. You know, will yeah. we do a Dark Knight com Dark Knight Rises commentary? Will we do 
Two Face Two Parter next? Will we? A lot of, a lot of Bane jokes if we do. <laughs> oh, there will be a lot of Bane jokes, I'm sure. Oh but... God, I just I can't get it out of my head. <laughs> the the streets will run red with Razzy Zazzy. <laughs> I love. Oh man, I can't wait. I'm watching this the second we get off of this. I think it was brilliant on their part for for the crew of Harley Quinn to be like, let's make him look like a traditional Bane, but let's yeah, give, him the, give him the voice of Tom yeah. Hardy, right? Yeah. I think that was brilliant, a brilliant that was call. such a great move. Yeah. Well, everyone, you all know what Craig's going to do when, he's get off, when he gets yep. off here for off air. So, um, yeah. I think that is where we are probably going to put a pin in here for this episode. Uh, Craig, my friend, it's always a blast getting to chat Batman with you. I'm so glad we were able to get back together for this. Yes, it was. It was a lot of fun. I'm glad that finally things worked out. You know, my apartment building didn't burn down. You know, things, I survived the floods. I mean, it's, it's, it's been a couple weeks, man. It's been, oh, man. It's Getting like the, sick sucked. It's like, it's like the real world was like, hey, remember what happens in Batman Begins and yeah. the Batman? You're yeah. going to deal with that in real life. Yeah, for real. Jeez. But, my friend, where can people follow you along on the interwebs if they wish to choose to do so? Well, actually, for right now, no one can follow me anywhere. I have taken a, a break from social media. Um, you know, part of this kind of break that we were going through is just me kind of, I am, I got things that I got to deal with on my personal end. Uh, there are things that I need to address in my personal life and, like, my mental health and few other things so i made the decision a few weeks ago to just kind of just step away from all social media for now i had deleted all my apps off my phone and i'm just kind of i'm really trying to focus on myself and get myself in a good position right now and i feel like social media right now is just not the place for me to be at the moment so it's been interesting um i'm only on i think week two now since i stepped away uh, it's it's a weird feeling, but uh, I think it's something that I just needed to do for right now. Well, you are a stronger man than I, that's for damn sure. Because <laughs> I deleted it for a little while. I got in touch with a therapist. I'm in the process of getting in touch with another one because, as you mentioned, you know, mental health is very important, and that is one thing that I am also dealing with. It has just been a trial and tribulation on my own end as well, but... Um, yeah, I, I firm. I think we here at the Eternal Night firmly believe in mental health awareness and being strong with your mental health all around. So absolutely, don't don't ever feel like there isn't an option for you. There are people out there who care. There are people out there who will listen to you. I am one of those people. I'm not on social media right now, but I may come back. And you know, I've I've lost friends. I've lost family to the demons of depression and suicide and all those things so don't ever feel like there is nothing out there for you there is always an opportunity for you to find help and get better and that's that's one of the decisions that i decided to make for myself a couple weeks ago and my friend i am proud of you for doing that thank you definitely i'm proud of you too for finding a therapist and starting that that journey I, I found one, but it didn't quite work out, so I'm trying to get in touch with another one. But, well, you know, that's part of the process, to be honest. Right. you got to find somebody who gels with you just right. Yeah, and, you know, to even just kind of touch on my own experiences here, I've been battling with a lot of anger and a lot of different things recently, and it's just not been 
fun to say the least and yet i'm still on social media every damn day looking <laughs> at all the bullshit because well i'm also part of the four nerds network we you know we just had a release of another trailer for project justice league and um you know we also do try to advocate for for um mental health awareness we advocate the afsp you know america's foundation for suicide prevention you know a lot of our projects are geared towards you know advocating for that and bringing awareness to that and uh, a lot of the reason for project justice league is to you know bring that awareness and and that is you know we don't profit off anything like that we you know the guys behind that they they did it purely to showcase the idea of you know what could have been for you know after Zack Snyder's Justice League etc cetera, etc cetera. but you know it, it's really awesome project but at the end of the day it's it's all for that that bringing awareness to mental health and the importance it can have on your life um, yeah you know it's been tough really these past few weeks especially for me because like a lot of stuff going on with the job a lot of stuff going on in my personal life living situation and things i'm really not at liberty to disclose here live mm -hmm. but you know i will just say that i have an excellent support system that whenever i feel down i know i can reach out and they they have my back um but as craig mentioned he is not currently on social media i'm sure whenever he's ready to step back into that foray he will let us know um if y'all want to follow me in my musings by all means uh twitter vero instagram at unfiltered you can also catch me um on the four nerds network most thursdays just search for the number four nerds network on youtube you can also catch our show on itunes and on podbean you can also catch my other show superhero stress um if you guys have an question or a comment or anything like that you guys want to reach out by all means you know leave us a review on itunes it does help this show get noticed or if you guys just want to tell us thanks or you want to share a story about batman or anything like that if you have any recommendations for future episodes or you know have anything just nice to say to us we you know we don't mind by all means you know you can follow the show uh twitter or facebook just at tek underscore podcast you can also drop us an email same kind of criteria there uh eternal night pod at gmail.com yeah but with that we uh bid thee fairly well we will be back hopefully sooner rather than later with another yeah. <laughs> another <laughs> with, with two a... month long hiatus there yeah but we, we i'm sure we will be back with another eternal night episode for you all to digest and enjoy but until then uh stay safe stay in the cave and enjoy your batman whatever way you can take care everyone and don't watch Gotham Knights. Actually, maybe watch Gotham Knights. Watch it. Laugh with us. We don't know yet. We'll find out. See you soon. <laughs> so we're blowing up Todd after dinner. Don't eat so much you get lethargic, but eat enough that you don't get fainty, because I do not bring snacks. The streets will run with Razzy Zazzy. So League of Super Pets, have you, you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet. I'm actually planning, um, Addie, my daughter, she's going to be leaving for a little vacation with her mom here in the next uh, week after my week is over. Okay. Um, so I'm going to try probably this weekend. Uh, actually, you know what? No, I'm off work on Tuesday. So I might take her to go see it on Tuesday because she, she really wants to see it. She's been in love with all the trailers. You know, I really wanted to go see a movie this past weekend. But considering I am on a two-week vacation from not having somebody else in the house, yeah. I uh, I just wanted to kind of take solace in the fact and enjoy the silence. Yeah. So I I would have seen I would have probably done the, the probably the most oddest double bill I've done since <laughs> Ready Ready Player One in a quiet place. 
That is an interesting combo. Dude, I saw those back-to-back <laughs> way back in March of 2018. I, I saw Ready Player One, right? And it had, like, you know, big, bombastic Steven Spielberg action, right? Mm-hmm. Then I go outside back in, when I smoke cigarettes. I went outside, had a cigarette. I walk back in, and I go to a quiet place. <laughs> it was... Complete tonal shift. Total tonal shift. <laughs> silence quiet yeah. like monsters big bangs every like half hour or so you're like yep. oh shit right yeah and the double bill this weekend would have been nope and super pets the- that was i was gonna say uh, that's probably my plan too is i'm gonna try to see nope soon as well and you know i was really let down by us i thought us was like just not good at all i, I thought it was fine I, I, like nothing Nothing great. Like I, I thought, Get Out was good. Like I like Get Out, but I really like Get Out. But nope, or not nope, but us. I was like, uh, 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 never again, <laughs> right? But I look at nope, and I'm like, it's like Jaws in space with uh-huh. aliens, and you know, it's got Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer and Steven Yeun from Walking Dead. I was like, all, yep. all right, yep, maybe. But then I saw Super Press. I was like, all right, Keanu Reeves is gonna be Batman. I should probably check that out. Yeah. The- I will say, like, yeah, a lot of the jokes. Obviously, this this is a movie for kids. Right. This is very much kid-directed. But I'm sorry. I, when I saw the um, – I think I took Addy to go see – we went and saw Minions. Oh, and, shit. <laughs> um, there was a trailer for League of Super Pets uh, before Minions. And I busted up laughing in the theater at the very last clip. Um, Bruce – or um, uh, Clark – it's like here, here's your, uh, here's your favorite toy, and he's like, oh, Squeezy Bruce, and it's a little like Squeezy Batman toy, and Superman throws it, and he goes chasing it, and Batman and Keanu Reeves' voice, that better be a licensed action figure. I am gonna freak out. Okay. It's like, oh my god, I love it. So I at, love Keanu Reeves as Batman. As of recording this, did you by chance see the Rock's post on Instagram today? No. Dude, flat out. Sp- Spoiled the end credit scene of oh, League really? of Super. I shit you not. Really, Rock? You're gonna throw spoilers out? But, okay. You know what? You know what? <laughs> he posted it, so I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Yeah, that's fine. This dude, I shit you not, post a spoiler of the League of Super Pets. The end credit sequence. You know what it is? What is it? Black Adam and his dog Anubis. Ah, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> really? All voiced by the Rock. Of course. Uh, because of course, right? Yeah. Gee, I wonder why he could have possibly done that. Mm. What What is the correlation there? I wonder. Oh, wait. So, it's, it's it's more of a connection to Black Adam than Shazam. I was going to just say, so I'm guessing since he's uh, in the cameo in that, I'm guessing Shazam is not in this movie. Because <laughs> you can't have him in the same film, apparently. Hunt down these fugitives. They'll be looking for us in every alley. Every dark corner of the city. There's one thing they don't have. A bat cave. Oh my god. Hey, tell me, you brought the Batmobile, right? No. My mom's car. Gonna be a tight squeeze. Woo! I call shotgun! 
Thank you for listening to the Eternal Night Podcast. This podcast is not affiliated with Warner Brothers Discovery, DC Entertainment, or anything else related to WBD. Uh, all thoughts shared belong to those involved and not the companies they happen to work for or be talking about. If you would like to follow along the show, you can follow along on Podbean or iTunes. Feel free to drop us an email at eternalnightpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us along on Twitter and Facebook. Just search for T-E-K underscore podcast. Thank you.